Hello everyone, welcome to the Mind Boggles podcast. I hope you're having a great day, whatever you're up to. I appreciate you joining me, so let's get on with the episode. Today I've got two unusual, or should I say mind-boggling, sports to tell you about. And both of them, well, were basically invented in England. One of them I kind of already knew about and knew that it was a very English historical game. However, the other one, although I'd heard of it and admired photos of it online, I definitely hadn't realised that that had actually originated in England. Cheese rolling originates in England, specifically the location where cheese rolling is played is in a place called Cooper's Hill in Brockworth. And cheese rolling even has a specific date, a specific day every year when it is played. So the date that you can enjoy a spate of cheese rolling is Spring Bank Holiday Monday every year. Okay, so what are the rules? What sort of cheese? Does it need to be a specific size? Where do you roll it? Now, as I said, the location is Cooper's Hill. So you can probably work out from that that the cheese is going to be rolled from the top of the hill. It's not left then just to its own devices. It's chased to the bottom by the participants. And yes, you can only have a very specific type of cheese. We're looking at rolling double Gloucester cheese and it has to be nine pounds in weight. I think this makes it fair to everyone. They've all got the same kind of cheese that they're going to roll down the hill. Nobody is being given preferential treatment. Everybody starts off on the same foot. I think you'd agree with me there. So just picture the scene now. We have these double Gloucester, nine pound pieces of cheese. They're rolling down that hill, down Cooper's Hill. And the people who push them off to roll, they're chasing the cheese all the way down to the bottom. So the winner crosses the line first, pretty pretty usual sort of <laughs> winner's uh, rule there. And what's the prize? You know, you've, you've gone to all this trouble of finding this, uh, you know, very exact <laughs> piece of cheese. You've taken it up the hill, you've then run down and won. What are you getting in return? And apparently the cheese is actually the prize. I mean, it does make sense in a way, but who wants to receive a piece of cheese that is just rolled down the hill? It doesn't mm, seem the most appetising piece of cheese. <laughs> 
um, one that's been rolling through the mud and heaven knows, you know, what's on the side of that hill. I mean, hopefully spring bank holiday, you're hoping for good weather. But of course, this is England. It's definitely not a given. What sort of hill are we talking about in terms of, is it steep? And the good news is, it is very steep. It's got some suitable plunges. <laughs> so that means that the cheese can pick up speed momentum. The cheeses can reach the unbelievable speed of up to 70 miles an hour. Now, if there are so many steep bits which make cheese rolling possible and successful, I wondered about how the participants position themselves to begin the race. And lo and behold, they do not stand at the beginning of the race. They sit at the starting line to give themselves, well, the greatest start possible, which I thought was interesting. Which brings me to another point. If you've got all these cheeses and all these people running and bouncing down a hill at high speed, how can this be a safe pursuit? How can this be something that people willingly participate in? And injuries have been known and it's very hard to actually catch the cheese at the end. In fact, in 2013, foam cheese replicas were introduced so that they weren't as heavy, but they could still be good in terms of rolling and success in going down the hill but at the same time they wouldn't cause the injuries that potentially could arise from nine pounds of cheese bouncing and hitting you however a foam cheese is even less desirable as a prize than a real piece of cheese even one that's bounced down a hill but I get the feeling, and you might be thinking the same as me here, that this sport, it's all about the participating, the glory of winning, but not so much the prize itself. Now, injuries that have occurred during a cheese chase, a cheese roll, have reached kind of legendary status people have been known to trip while they're running down the hill and dodging all these bouncing cheeses there have been falls that have led to people ending up in hospital with head injuries there have been occasions of people being knocked out by a cheese 
there've also been the sort of events that you can't predict at all such as a thunderstorm taking place during the 1982 cheese roll and a few people were actually hit by lightning which is is quite incredible perhaps less surprisingly broken bones have occurred and bystanders have most usually been injured by cheeses and less by the runners themselves. Thankfully, however, I'm pleased to report that zero deaths have occurred during this annual cheese rolling event. Now we move on to the second mind-boggling sport which originated in England. And this is the one that I had no idea had been started by an Englishman, a man called Phil, who decided to take a normal, boring, everyday household chore and take it to the next level to make it into an adrenaline sport. He did it in quite a small, simple way on that fateful day in 1997 when he maybe unknowingly created a new sport. He did it by moving his ironing board into his garden, thus creating Extreme Ironing, otherwise known as EI. Now, like I said, Phil from Leicester created Extreme Ironing in 1997 to combine this mundane household chore of ironing with something a lot more exciting and adrenaline-filled. And in 1999, extreme ironing became recognised as a sport following a recruitment drive of extreme ironers in countries such as Fiji and Australia. So what had begun in a garden in Leicester in 1997 was only two years later a worldwide sport. Now, on the one hand, extreme ironing is something that's very simple. You need only a few items. You need an iron, you need a board, you need clothes, uh, bedding, i.e. something to actually iron. And then you need somewhere to iron, which is probably the most difficult bit. You can't do it in your kitchen or your house at all, you have to go out and find somewhere scenic. It's all about where you are, the location. Are you on the side of a mountain? Are you underwater? Are you in the middle of a forest? The more outlandish, the better. There's now a world championship for extreme ironing. So it really has hit the big time in a way that cheese rolling never has <laughs> to be a sport officially recognised and to have 
the World Championship. And, of course, to be referred to as EI means maybe that extreme ironing is now a bit too mainstream. Ironic. Now, to bring it back from being an exciting, adrenaline-filled, extreme activity, Germany actually decided to mix things up again with extreme ironing by bringing it back over more towards a calm pursuit by introducing meditation. There's no doubt that extreme ironing has come a long way since it began in a back garden in Leicester in 1997. There really aren't many locations on this earth that extreme ironers will rule out. <laughs> I don't think Phil can ever have imagined what he was starting all those years ago. I bet he had no idea that he was going to spawn a world championship, <laughs> that there would be a documentary and a book, both of which involve Phil himself, coming out of what he saw as just trying to make ironing a little bit more interesting than doing it inside his house. So next time you feel hemmed in by an everyday activity, try to think outside the box like Phil did. Or maybe I should say, outside of the house. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Mind Boggles podcast. Thank you for joining me. Please do subscribe and follow us on Instagram at the mind boggles pod see you in another episode again soon and bye for now